Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host Raul and Shu. Today we got Steve Clark with us from the Devil's Den. Gonna do a little bit of kind of an ACC kind of preview. Gonna talk about our thoughts on the season so far as we head into the holiday break. Um, before I do that, we did play Maryland Eastern Shore last week. Long story short, the result turned out kind of what you would imagine, but it looked a little wonky getting there. So we end up winning 82-55. I think Ken Palm had us around that like 27 to 30 point win. Yeah, it was 80-53, um, so basically the same. Right there, right? The game for about, to me, about 25-30 minutes was not a great game to watch. Um, obviously, Jeremy Roach didn't play, was sitting out kind of nursing that toe a little bit started five freshmen so that's the first time that's happened i guess that is worth mentioning and with that you probably expect a little bit of rust a little bit of shakiness and it was pretty sloppy you know we had 19 turnovers um which really kind of allowed this to they didn't really stay in the game but close enough when you're playing like the 348th or 341 whatever they were ranked um on ken palm so that you know, not quite what you would want to see. But I think the big takeaways is you did see kind of Lively start to come into his own a little bit. Dariq really had like a five-minute section where he took over a game. Um, shoot comes out and goes three for three from three. So good good to see those guys get a little more comfortable. Um, hopefully some of that will, will kind of transition into what we see going forward. But we're not going to talk about that game too, too much just because it was kind of one of, to me, it looked like it was just kind of thrown in, just kind of a scheduled game there. Mm-hmm. When you're Duke, you, to me, those games don't have a ton of value, right? If you win big, you're expected to. And if it's close, it's kind of devastating, right? Um, before we jump into the ACC preview, Steve, since since we're glad to have you back here, I want to get your thoughts a little bit on the team. So back in the summer, if you remember, you had kind of alluded to the team kind of being greater than the individual parts. You didn't really see a guy that would kind of take over. There wasn't really that Paolo. There wasn't that Tatum. Um, and that seems to kind of be what we're seeing so far. So it sounds like that's kind of what you expected. Is is that vision from the summer what you're seeing now, or does it look a little bit different than how you thought it would look? I think it's looked different and kind of the same. And I'll uh, I'll start just by saying thanks for having me back, guys. I've missed you guys. I've listened from afar uh, for a while. It's been a pretty crazy time uh, for me and the family, but I. Uh, uh, it's great to be back on with you guys. You, you guys are killing it on this podcast. You're crushing it every week when you when you do it. And I just said, uh, I got to give a shout out to you guys. Thanks for welcoming me back in. You're doing great work. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think on the uh, on the team, uh, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think some things have kind of proceeded as expected. And I also think there's been some good things that we've kind of learned uh, from watching this team as the season has progressed. And, and I'll admit, for me, one of my big questions coming into this season uh, to your point was uh, especially was how is the bench going to do? Cause I knew that there was going to be the potential for different kind of bench combinations. And especially once we saw as, as we, you know, as we started getting into the, you know, the beginnings of the season and you knew that Derek and Derek lively were going to be out. Um, I was really interested to see how is the bench going to step up. And for me, one of the really pleasant surprises has been the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I, I really thought, and I remember talking about this with John and, and Adam, you know, in preseason, I really thought that a real key to this season was going to be the um, was the emergence of Jalen Blakes. Like, was he going to start that process of kind of becoming that backup point guard that you could play, you know, meaningful, solid rotational minutes? Because I felt like if you could do that, then you could help Jeremy Roach not have to play so many minutes early on. So for me, Jalen Blakes has been a real uh, a real positive for dude coming off the bench. I just think his defensive presence when he's come out, he's been a huge addition. And I also like the combination of how they pair him with oftentimes uh, with Grandison coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. Heard, I've heard John allude a lot in, in post-game press conferences to the energy that those two guys bring. And I just love the attitude that those, those two guys bring. But now that we're uh, also seeing Derek come back into the fold, and he sure he started the last game, but you know he's been kind of easing back in, coming off the bench. I just think that combination of being able to play Derek with 
with Mark Mitchell, like you get a level of athleticism on the wing uh, with those two when they're when they're playing together. Like I've just been really encouraged uh, by what I've seen from Duke's bench, and I think my I think my hope going into the season was that they were going to be able to have a real bench, you know, because I thought that that the how they complemented each other in the starting lineup was going to be supplemented if they were able to have good quality contributions from the bench. And we've seen it. I mean, they can go legit eight or nine deep and there's not a huge drop off. So that's been a big thing for me. For sure. For sure. Um, and obviously you covered a lot of these guys in high school. Yep. Is there anyone that's, I guess, have they performed kind of what you've expected to, or does anyone stand out either, you know, they're not quite where I was kind of hoping they would be yet, or they've surpassed some of your expectations? Um, or I, I guess, um, are they doing anything different now than, you know, maybe when you had covered them? Do you see any kind of improvements in their game or what kind yeah. of stands out to you in that regard? I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is uh, is Flip Kyle Filipowski. Mm -hmm. I think you know watching him in high school, you know, and especially when he when he played with the Rens, uh, the New York Rens, you could see the tools there. But when he played AU with the Rens, it's much more of an up and down game, you know. And you could see the athleticism, you could see you could see the skill, like in pick and roll. You could see the beginning stages of a of a real post game. But he has been a revelation, I would say, for Duke, yep. uh, which is how assertive and how confident he is yeah. on the offensive end. So I'd, I'll admit, I, I thought he had the tools coming into Duke, but I was really curious to see where they actually going to try to run offense through him. And I think he's answered that definitively. Like, it's obvious he's one of their key offensive guys that you can run offense through. And with that, I love his unselfishness. Like, even though he knows he's one of those guys that as the season continues, he's going to be a guy that they're going to depend on and go get a bucket. He's still a willing passer. He's still involved with rebounding. He's still doing everything that you want from a modern big. So I would say he's, he's one that I thought had the potential coming into the season to make a big impact offensively. And he's done nothing but reinforce that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I would, I'm curious too, and you kind of you kind of answered it, but this almost like alpha mentality that he's kind of had on this team was that yeah. present with him at all in high school? Like I, I haven't, I didn't see that like in any of the reports. It kind of seemed like you know he could be a well, good blend guy, pick and pop, but he looks like a takeover. Like he wants to be a takeover guy at times. He is, and I think that part of that you also have to factor in like you know a lot of the a lot of the settings that I saw him in were, you know, it was during the COVID uh, yeah. time period where he was not playing in front of fans. So I think you're actually in some ways seeing more of his personality come out because, you know, he's playing in front of these environments that are kind of like bringing out the intensity uh, of him. And I think he's he's a natural outgoing guy. He's got a great personality. I always enjoyed, you know, talking with him on the phone or in person when I had opportunity to. But I just think from a from an offensive perspective, I think the you know, he was kind of the guy going into the season that I thought, you know, he could be a post guy that they could kind of build around. And I think his personality is such that as they put him in that role and as he's had success, I think it's kind of fed the beast, you know, a little bit, so to speak. I think it's made him more confident, more assertive. And that's what they need from him because he's, you know, sure, he's not Apollo, you know, in terms of, you know, number one pick, you know, rating kind of thing. But he plays with a competitive edge. He's confident. He's assertive. So I think he can have an impact in a similar way because Paulo was confident, you know, Paulo was aggressive in in hunting his shot. I just think they're different personalities, but I think, um, you know, yeah, he's a he's a guy that I think is is going to be a key player for Duke going forward. Yeah, and there's definitely more similar. I think you mentioned Paulo, and it's a a kind of a weird comp, but there's a lot of similarities there, really, in terms of sure. just like bigger guys taking it off the glass, can go the full court can do stuff off the dribble but the collegiate spacing you kind of can can lead to some turnovers or kind of getting stuck in that in-between game um obviously Paolo is being incredible right now in the pros right and sure, so you might yeah. see something similar to flip with a an yep. nba spacing and nba core what that really looks like for him in the lane because i think right now the biggest kind of criticism is that off the dribble game a little bit right like he gets a little too low a little too horizontal at times can't sure. the feet's not quite keeping up with the with the top half um and it's it's crowded down there and even in college with good spacing it still can get crowded you know just the way the game gets mucked up um but it'll be interesting to see as Whitehead comes on, as Lively continues to come on, what that means for Flip. Will he still kind of contain this 
or retain this level of usage? Will things kind of be a little more dispersed? Um, yeah. Whitehead's a guy that looks like he's going to try to get some shots up. So no, and can you imagine, like to that point, can you imagine as Whitehead gets more and more comfortable? Can you imagine John, you know, drawing up pick and rolls with Derek and Flip? Can you mm-hmm. just can you just imagine how a defense is going to be attacked when it's those two? Because both of them can pick and pop, both of them can drive downhill, both of them have the size to shoot over pretty much anybody. Like as as they get into that, as they develop their offense more, as you get into conference season, I'm I'm really looking forward to when they start doing pick and roll with those two. Because I think that's going to be tremendously difficult to guard. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really consider. We haven't really seen a whole lot of Dariq on as the primary ball handler in those no. actions. So it'll be interesting to see how yeah. they. You could see it. You that. could you could see it in the last game. Like I think that's part of like yeah. what John has been speaking to of just you know he's getting a little bit more practice time. He's getting a little bit more assertive. And I and I watched. I watched Derek a ton in high school, you know, especially with Montverde. And I think even at Montverde, surrounded with all that talent, he's naturally an aggressive offensive player when he feels comfortable. And then, and that's not just like, you know, one or two dribble pull-ups. He loves to attack downhill. So I think as he gets more and more comfortable and gets his stamina up and running, like I think he's going to be another one of those kind of, you know, hey, if we need a bucket, you know, he's going to get the ball. Like he's And he's going to be a matchup nightmare because of his size and his ball handling and his ability to finish. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, anything else for on your end in terms of just like your thoughts so far before we jump into the ACC stuff? Yeah, I think I've, I've overall I've just been really impressed with you know they they're playing a very mature complementary game, which like you alluded to it you know before the before the start of the season, I really thought this team was going to complement each other really well, and I think I've been pleasantly uh, surprised with how well they've complemented each other. I think John did a great job with recruiting a lot of different options that kind of complement and, and overlap with each other and, uh, in good ways. And I think these these t- kind of 10-day windows that he talked about that they're kind of in right now and they'll have another mm-hmm. one uh, coming up here after, uh, I think after the Wake Forest game, yep. I think that's going to do wonders for them because they've kind of shown themselves to be cohesive, to help each other on defense. And I think on offense, you could just, you could see the tools. They have a lot of different options and they're complementing each other they share the ball. They're moving without it. Like I just, it's really fun to watch this team. They complement each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's been refreshing. We've talked about that too on here. Just a, a refreshing look. At, not that it's better or worse than what we've seen in the past, but one, we don't have the personnel for that, but it's just a different, everyone seems to be more involved. Um, the, the ball doesn't really stick, right? Yeah. Things are happening kind of quickly with when, when it's getting kind of swung around the perimeter there. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the ACC. You know, obviously, we've already played one game. We played Boston College. And, you know, with these 20-game schedules, it's really kind of weird for me to see the ACC already just in action, you know, like in December or even in November. Um, so we're sitting at 1-0 and right now. There, there's The ACC's taken a lot of flag this year, right? But the more I look at it as a whole, I don't think it's as bad as I thought it really was. It's just the bottom extreme is like really bad, right? Yeah, Those bottom sure. two or three are really bad. We, but in the we middle, won the Big you have Ten Challenge, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. we did. Yeah, so I mean, fairly comfortably, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and there says a little bit by Ken Palm to Big Ten's what second or third. Perhaps right. in, in, you know, the conference ranking. So yeah, take I think that for it, what it's worth. I, th- I think what you're saying is true. It's just very divided because you've got the, you know, Louisville's and Florida states that are really struggling. And then you've got some strong teams at the top. Like, you know, Virginia Tech seems better than expected. Um, Wake yeah. is pretty good. Um, obviously, Duke and Virginia. And even though UNC has struggled, I think they'll be fine in conference. I think Miami just got into the AP. Oh, bowl, yeah, I forgot about them yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're yeah. 10 and one right now. And so you have these teams that are maybe a little non traditional when you're thinking. I mean, Miami's been pretty good for a while. Virginia Tech's kind of been steady. Um, I thought, I think Pittsburgh has taken a really big jump forward. So shouts to Jeff Capel and what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, they're sitting at seven four, but they've played a lot of competitive ball. Um, so that's not going to be an easy out. To. There's a lot of teams in this cluster of like, 80th to to around like 50 you know that 80 to 50 range on ken palm which it it gives us some depth to the conference but the top end talent the top tier i think there's only two of us or three of us in the top 25 with us virginia and carolina 
Um, obviously, Carolina kind of fell off a cliff there for a little while, but I think most people still expect them to be in this upper echelon of the ACC, I would imagine, top four, top five. Yep. Maybe not the runaway favorites anymore, but they'll st- they're still going to be there. Um, but, you know, obviously, Louisville is not Louisville. Florida State has not been Florida yeah. State, and those are two kind of big names in, over the last five years in the conference. So it, it is a different look, but I don't think it's quite as weak as I thought it was going to be coming in. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting here. So I guess we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Where where do you see this conference panning out? Do you, Are we picking Duke to win this? Is it UVA's to lose? If we I'll go to you first here. Where do you have Duke on this thing as you're looking ahead? Well, as I've said a couple times before at Media Day, you know, Josh and I got a a vote for uh, how the ACC would pan out. And I was one of two people that picked Duke to, to win. Um, maybe that was just my first time and being uh, optimistic Homer, <laughs> Homer. You know? but um, uh, I, I won't say dough, uh, except for I picked Louisville to finish like six. So that was a big, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, terrible miss. Um, I kind of think it's UVA's to lose though. Just looking at the schedule, um, and I, we've never talked about it on this podcast, Josh and Raul, and I've talked about it plenty of times, the unbalanced schedule thing. Um, you know, we, we just hit on the Louisville, Florida State, who's the other two worst teams, Boston College, yeah. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is pretty bad. Okay, yeah. so so we play those guys. We've already played Boston College once. We play them one other time. So we get one of those teams twice. Uh, Virginia gets three of those teams twice. So I mean, right there, they've already got six baked in pretty easy wins. I would, I won't say they're easy wins, but they're. It's easier to beat you know Louisville at Louisville than it is to beat Virginia Tech at home, something like that, right? right. So right, right. Um, yeah, they only think, they only have us at Virginia too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's going to yep. help them as well. Yep. Yeah. So yep. just by the way the schedule shakes out, I think it's UVA's to lose. I, I still. I'm optimistic that we can win it and hope we do. Um, but I just think realistically looking at it, UVA has got a, a pretty good uh, head start on us. Okay. How do you guys feel about uh, about Wake Forest and Virginia Tech like actually challenging for top three? Because I think I don't think you can discount like the, the coaching that they have there uh, with Forbes and with Virginia Tech's uh, Coach Young. Like, Young yep. their, their programs are in place. Like they've recruited to their programs. Like, what do you guys think about them? I, I really like Virginia Tech when, I've, yeah. when I watched them play. I mean, Mutz um, was incredible in the Carolina game, obviously, without, you know, Baycott being there. But um, Basili and then Couture, I mean, they shoot the ball. The other kid that stepped in for Storm Murphy's role, um, the, the other little white guy, he was solid. So I, I really like what I saw out of Virginia Tech. Yep. Yeah, I think I was a year earlier. I was super high on Virginia Tech last year. I think I picked them to either finish like second in the conference or something. Like I was really high on them. Um, and they were good last year, yeah. but they had a stretch where I think they lost like three in a row twice, which killed them in conference. Yeah. Um, and so maybe I was just a year early on them. And this team looks like it's set up for, and I really like Young as a head coach and how he plays and what he's doing. It's always been tough to play up there, especially if you're wearing a Duke jersey. That just seems to be a penciled in loss for us. For I think we've done a little bit better recently, but there for like, there's like a three or four year stretch where it was just scheduled yeah. loss. Yeah. Um, and so I like them a lot. I like Wake a lot, even with a different team. They don't have mm-hmm. the guy that what was Alande's Williams, Williams that came in that yeah. was just yeah. phenomenal last and year. Jake Laravia. We'll, yeah, we'll talk about it later, left. but they got another amazing transfer. So it kind of yeah. just slotted in there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll preview them. Yeah. In depth here in a little bit. But um, yeah, there is a lot of teams that I think can can challenge. I think Miami is a team that the way their guards play and how Larenega coaches them is always kind of just a little bit of fear. You know, <laughs> maybe it's just a little trauma response on my end, but they can light <laughs> you up. You know, they can really torture you. Pack was a guy that we had kind of probed a little bit in the portal. Um, can really fill it up, can score at all three levels. You know, I, I really like Miami's guards and, and guards typically win in college, right? I mean, guards really dictate pace. They're allowed to get out and go. I mean, you mentioned Pack, you got Isaiah Wong out there who probably everyone's pretty familiar with. Um, so he's back in the fold. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be tough. They're going to be did, tough. Did we lose to Miami last year at home? Was that the game that 
somebody picked Roach's pocket like right under the basket. Yeah, I think we had a home loss to Miami and UVA, correct? I think so. Yeah, UVA hit the um the game last winner. Yeah. game winner at yeah. Right. mark. Yeah. yeah, they beat us. Yeah, they beat us by two in Cameron. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, both those games were close losses. Close. We probably should have won. Yeah. yeah. And they we played they played us really close in the ACC tournament after yeah. that too. We beat them yeah. by like three or four. Um so I don't I don't know if you guys feel the same way that I do, but I've been watching ACC basketball since ooh, the mid nineties when I first moved to Virginia. And it is I don't care how down the teams are. Like it always seems like every single year ACC is just tough and it just doesn't matter like how good the teams are. Like I'm anticipating another really difficult slog this year. Yeah. Even NC State, we haven't talked about them. They've started 0-2 in conference, but they played Pittsburgh and Miami, two teams right there um, in the mix. And, you know, they could be a team that they're 53rd right now on Kansas. And they hung with Kansas. I mean, they did about as well as we did with Kansas. Yeah. They got my boy Jarko Joyner down there, you know, (laughs) wreaking havoc. Shouts to to Jarko. So, yeah, I think that middle of the pack is is really going to challenge. And I think it's going to be similar to last year to where the the out of conference has been so limited now that once you get penciled in as like this is where you're ranked and this is who you are it's really hard to change that narrative anymore because we're only playing each other now so if you know like if you are the big 10 or if you are the one of these conferences that has been preseason kind of darlings and you all go into the the conference schedule kind of like in that top 25 or the 20 to 40 range and you're only beating each other those numbers aren't going to change regardless of how good or bad yeah. we actually are. And so yeah. I think that's an issue maybe across the board when we were looking at kind of NCAA tournament. And well, CDs. you saw what happened last year in the tournament. You know, uh, the yeah. ACC was regarded as bad, and then we get to the tournament and just crush it. We had yeah. like eight sweet 16 teams, didn't we? It was crazy. Yeah. Was crazy. Yeah. 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 And I think, exactly. and I, and I think too that, like, you know, obviously we talked about North Carolina a little bit. Like, I am fascinated to see, like, how do they start out? You know, those that first half of the ACC, because you know the the jump that they took in the latter half of the ACC, and obviously in the tournament, like, was a huge one. So, I think everybody kind of expected them to that they're going to steamroll everybody. They got everybody back. You know, they got Nance, the grad transfer. So, I am fascinated to see like how they are, because admittedly, last year. First half ACC, they were not very good. Mm-mm. You know, so did they follow a similar trend or did they dominate like people expect them to? Because they, I mean, they're another team that I think similar to Duke, they have a lot of pieces. They have a lot of different mix and match opportunities that they could do with the lineup with their depth. You know, like they have enough quality to be a dominant team in the ACC. So I'm fascinated to see what happens with them too. If you replace it, right? That's the yeah. he, he likes to play his 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 iron five. Yeah, iron five I, yeah. I think yeah. that's uh, him yeah. learning to trust his bench a little bit might be kind of sure. something to monitor. He, going he, might, he might he might have to. I mean, their guards, their two lead guards have been struggling. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So and did that, the backup just broke his hand? Who was that? Yeah. I didn't uh, hear about that. Dunn. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I thought yeah. maybe you talking about Trimble. Not Trimble. Not Trimble. Not Trimble. No, Trimble. Yeah. I like Trimble. Yeah, Trimble's like pretty he solid. Could, he could project. Obviously, Puff is going to play a lot. Um, the Tower Nickel kid is somebody that I didn't think would really. Yeah. I mean, he's actually playing a little bit, too. So, yep. you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't think Styles or McCoy have done a whole lot. But, um, you know, but it's they hard really to do haven't a whole lot in, when. Yeah, the, you, you, they haven't given them. A, a chance to play those guys. You know, they've been well, in tight and, games with everybody. And when you play, uh-huh. Love and Davis are going to just dominate the ball a little bit, sure. right? Those guys are going to take a lot of shots. So I think that if you are on yeah. their bench, you have to figure out how do I play with those. Yeah. You know, Kay was was really big on that of like, how do you compliment and actually, how do you compliment this guy? No, and I think you're raising, a, I think you're raising an important point that I think actually kind of relates to the benefit that Duke had with having such a new team with just the sheer volume of guys that are new, right? Like they were forced to have to play in the uh, in the uh, in the non conference, and I think that has really kind of helped them from a developmental perspective because you've had to integrate a bunch of new guys, whether it be grad transfers or the freshmen, or even like a guy like Blake's into a more prominent role. So I think that's I think that's kind of the silver lining to even though Duke took a couple losses in the non conference, I just think the fact that those freshmen have gotten a lot of opportunity to play and build cohesion with each other right from the get go. Like I think that's going to really help them as they progress into uh, into the conference season because they're already going to have a bunch of experience with each other, having actually played real minutes. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, we kind of shifted around a little bit. So, shoot, it sounded like you're kind of saying it is UVA's to lose right now. Raul, where do you stand on it? You, you picking Duke here, or who do you have kind of taking the conference? Yeah, I mean, not to be boring, but I'm going to go with UVA as well. But I've got Duke at second. I think that they've shown so far that they're better than UNC. We'll see how it pans out. But, you know, I don't know if you're – Looking for an exact kind of win number, I'm thinking UVA is going to be like 17 and three, and Duke will be like 15 and five or something like that. So not too far behind. Yeah. Okay. Steve, what about you? You, you do you you stick rolling with UVA to to win the conference again, or you got a wild card for us? I I think for me, my wild card is Virginia Tech this year. I, I really like it. Hmm. I I really think I could see them being a top four in the ACC, and I could see them having some big wins. I don't know. I don't know about them for first, because I think as the conference season goes on, I anticipate North Carolina being really good. I think uh, Duke is going to be really tough, but I do think that uh, between Virginia Tech, UVA, I think I feel really good about those guys being in the top four at the end of the regular season. Yeah, I kind of, you know, it's tough for me between Duke and Virginia. Right now, Ken Pond's projecting both of us to finish 15 and 5. And so that's kind of about what I see. And honestly, I think it really could come down to that one time we play them. If we're able to go to UVA and win, that would be huge. Um, I'm not quite sure I want to say we'll finish first yet, uh, but I I don't know who I'm really picking against us confidently either, if that makes sense. Do you mind if I follow up on that? Like, I think I think I'd be interested to hear you guys' perspective on this. Like, this year's Duke team playing UVA. It sounds like one time because I haven't looked at the schedule. Yeah, one time and at one UVA. Time. At UVA. Yeah. How do you feel about the matchup of Duke this year? Like, I know we're at the beginning of the conference season, but in just terms of thinking of the team and the rotation, how do you feel about them against UVA? to me, it's what well, we know what UVA likes to do and how they like to defend, right? And this Duke team plays big and we like to play inside out and Virginia really tries to punish you for wanting to do that. Like, Filipowski's going to see a lot of doubles on the Double catch, teams, yeah. right? Like, Young is going to see a lot of doubles on the catch and he can finish, but he's kind of a little blow the rim kind of guy, right? He likes to get into his actions. He likes to get into his head fix. There's not time for that, really, against Virginia. They swarm you in the post, However, if we're able to space well, and we've seen it at times, you know, where we can go in and Young had that great pass to Mark Mitchell on the cut to the basket. We've had some great Mark Mitchell had a cross court pass against Maryland Eastern Shore to Tyrese Proctor on the wing for a wide open three. If we're moving the ball like that, we can punish them. But this Duke team has kind of been, you know, Jekyll and Hyde a little bit in terms of what we're shooting. You know, if we can hit some threes and open things up. I think it could work. I think the Kihei Clark, Jeremy Roach matchup, though, is going to be really fun to watch. Like, who can win that matchup? Kihei's played us really well. You know, he seems to just, he doesn't know that he can't shoot when he plays Duke and he comes yeah, in. Yeah, did he get like six <laughs> last year or something yeah. in the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. his first five threes of the game. And it's like, dude, what? Yeah. Like, you know, that. So sometimes things like that can happen where we both play a little bit slower. This year, Virginia always plays slow, but Duke plays a little bit slower than they typically have. So I think a lot of it's going to get played in the half court. Um, but I'm curious to see what rebounding looks like. Right now, we've been killing teams. And so if they're going to double the post and Flip gets a shot off, Lively, you got to be there, bro. You know, because you're going to be able to get, they're going to try to front and double that post. Somebody's got to crash the glass. So I'm looking for Mark Mitchell. I'm looking for Derek Lively. I'm looking for Ryan Young to hopefully get a lot of cleanup baskets. The thing is, they've we'll traditionally see. been a very good defensive rebounding team now they're actually surprisingly they're not this year so maybe that does play into our hand because they're 168th so that's like average they've usually been like top 50 in defensive rebounding that's one thing tony bennett teams always do yeah um yeah maybe it's just a little less size or something but yeah. they think, still have shedrick right the big their center yeah they still yeah, got yeah. shedrick yep uh, yeah. one, one thing that could benefit us i think is just the way we defend this year um I don't see us struggling with um, Kihei and the pick and roll quite as much as we did last year. So that could be a benefit. I think we're going to be fine against them on the defensive end. My worry is whether our offense, like you were saying, plays too much into their hand of like yeah. exactly what they want to defend. Yeah, right. I, I think to add to that, I'd, I that's my biggest concern to going, going into that matchup is 
is how good is Duke's offense performing? Not just from like scoring the ball, but how efficient are they with turnovers? Because we've just seen in the last couple of games, like Duke has had some turnover mm-hmm. problems. And and I, I don't know what it is, but it seems like UVA, the vast majority of their games, they force you to play in a way offensively that if you're not disciplined and you turn it over a lot, that's the ball game. And I yeah. think if, to me, if Duke, if they're averaging, you know, 10 to 12 turnovers a game going into that matchup, I'll feel a little bit better versus if they're averaging by that point in the conference, you know, 15 plus. Yeah. Yeah, I, right. just, I just think you have to run great stuff against them all game in because order to Because they play be so slow, every possession is essential, kind of. You yes, know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's and, like, their de- and their defense, like you have to be strong with your cuts. You got to be purposeful, purposeful with your passes. Like they, they make teams look bad who play bad offense. You know, because they're they're so disciplined defensively, and they're they're actually putting up points this year too. They're scoring. The games that I've seen. Um, I, I think too that we haven't touched on. Sorry to cut you off, shoot. I'm just I don't no. want to miss this thought, but it's going to be so different because we've beaten UVA a lot, and UVA's lost a lot by when they play someone that the talent outshines them because mm-hmm. their team defense is really good, but individually you can pick on guys. And we've really taken advantage of that. Kay yeah, with Zion. Really been, yeah, yeah, Zion, Justice or Paolo, Tatum, Jason yeah, Tatum, yeah, Paolo. Yeah. He's really put guys in matchups and saying, collectively, they can guard us, but this guy can't guard you. Right. And Tatum came out and got like 22 in the second half. Like we've seen guys take over from an individual RJ standpoint. Hit like five threes against RJ them, hits five yeah. three. Yeah. Like we've seen that. Right. But we don't yeah. really have that this year. And so it will be interesting to see. Is that a game where if I'm Derek Whitehead, I go in and I'm Shire and I just circle that game and says, yeah. this is where we're going to need you to be this guy, right? Or this is or, or or even flip. I or think flip. Or flip somebody. Flip, yeah. I Somebody's going to make a play, right? You're going to have exactly. to get in there and make a play. The side to side on the perimeter stuff, they're going to take that away from you. They're going to collapse every lane. You either have to be like, like you said, you either have to run great stuff or you have to have a great player that can just make it happen. And we've had that before. We haven't really, not that Kay didn't run great stuff, but we were able to run it through a transcendent player. Now it's more about the team and does that stall a little bit, right? Like we've seen teams zone us a little bit. We've seen these kind of like slumps where we go through where we just get a little complacent and it's like, okay, who's taking the shot? And so that'll be interesting to see. One of the, I think the good news for us is our big guy, you know, they like the double, you know, double catch, yeah. Yeah. Lively, young, flip, all pretty yeah. good passers, especially out of no, the post. So. And, I, and I think we've seen it now. I, one, of, one of the things that I've liked about uh, Mitchell's game the most is his off-ball cutting. Like in a yes. game like that, if they're going to double flip yeah. uh, in the post or young, to your point, like Mitchell and Whitehead, if they cut from the wing, there's going to be dump-off opportunities. Like they should kill. Uh, with stuff like that, because you know UVA, their principle is to double in the post. Like you should just have to make to quick kill. reads and, and yeah. get it done, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So you know, UVA strong as they always are. They play at a pace. They play at a style that's going to allow them to beat a lot of bad teams, not bad teams, but a lot of teams that they're projected to win. They usually do win. Um, so it will be interesting just to see a little bit. So let's transition to kind of a player talk. If you had to pick an X factor for Duke going forward, who is that player going to be? And let's rule out Jeremy Roach because he's the captain. He's the junior. We've seen, we know he's that guy. Who else is going to be your X factor going forward? Raul, I'll toss this one to you first. Well, I feel a little guilty going first because I feel like I'm going to pick the obvious choice and that's Dariq Whitehead. Um, Um, Just because we haven't, you know, I think, what did he have in the last game? I think he had 15, but that mm -hmm. was his career high to this point um you know and i thought coming into the season he'd be our leading scorer and might average in that kind of 15 to 17 point range so we haven't really seen that yet um but you are uh like steve mentioned i think you're seeing him uh attack the basket a little bit more um you know in that last game he certainly did so i feel like to steve's point if we could get him in some pick and roll the couple times we have done it he's made some nice passes um but I would like to see him attacking downhill a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. No, I, for sure. I, I think it's Proctor for me, to be honest, because I just think as he gets more comfortable and you could see it, like the way he thinks the game, the way he moves, is just so different from everybody else. 
as he gets more comfortable, I think he's going to be a huge X factor for Duke because he's probably he's got the potential to be one of Duke's better shooters from the three point line. Mm-hmm. He's he's got an ability to get in the lane. You could run pick and roll with him. He could break guys down. I think for me, I, I totally agree with the Whitehead pick, but I think if they can get Proctor up to speed and get him really comfortable, now you have a two headed monster at the one and the two with him and Roach. And I just see a similar dynamic, you know, with in terms of like how Tyus and Quinn played off of each other, both with the mm-hmm. ball and without the ball, and how good each other was. And when they didn't have the ball, they knew where to relocate for the open pass. They both of them could shoot for three. It's a similar dynamic, I think, with Roach and with Proctor. They have that ability to both play with the ball and without the ball. So I think for me, Proctor is a huge X factor for Duke this year. Yeah. Pew, go ahead. I guess I'll I'll go with Mitchell, man. I, I'm stay with my southpaw. Um, I, like I said in the other podcast, just be more consistent. But he just allows us to play so many more different lineups. I think because you can slide him, like we said, to the fourth. He's been playing the three with the uh, with Flip and and Lively. But I just like the way we can kind of move and and downshift the the uh, the lineup with Mitchell. So yeah. A good point. I'm going to go a little kind of off the wall here and say Jacob Grandison because yeah. I think we talked about the bench and I think he's a guy that we've seen his he's seen his role in his minutes be a little like in flux and I think he could be a guy that could be a double digit scorer for us consistently off the bench. I think he can play in any of the lineups that we want to play, big, small. Uh, you can play him at the two. You can play him at the four. Right? Like you can really shift this guy around. He doesn't need the ball in his hands to make an impact. He cuts well. He moves well. Um, the three-point shot, if that's really if we're finding him in rhythm for three, he could be a guy that starts to average 10 to 15 points off the bench for us, you know. And what does that do for the team if he's gonna be um, able to come in there and play 20 minutes a night yeah. uh, with everybody, right? Where he can yeah. just really play with whoever you want to big or small, he could be a mainstay. Doesn't yeah. have to start. Um, but that really validates that bench. And so I think if we get that from him, the freshmen are going to kind of be a little up and down. You're going to see, I think, Whitehead and Mitchell and Lively all show us these flashes and then turn around and have like a one for four game or a two for five game. I think Grandison could be that guy just vocally leadership playing both ends. Um, and that's what I would like to see, you know, because then that really elevates. Him and uh, him and Young coming off the bench, number yeah. one, is such a credit to them because they're willing to take on that role as as grad transfers. But number two, you could just see how when those two play together, I've noticed this a lot with as Whitehead is getting more minutes and they've been playing Whitehead off the bench with Mitchell sometimes yeah. at the four with Young and Grandison, those four together. Mm-hmm. Like Grandison opens things up for Mitchell and for Whitehead. Because yeah, he's Whitehead, moved so much, yeah, yeah, he's passing, yeah, yeah. It's and his and his and his shooting ability is, you know, he's he's a threat out there. Teams have to account for him, and that makes it easier for driving lanes for Whitehead and for Mitchell, who wants to who wants to drive to the rim as well. So it's just amazing to watch, like how selfless Grandison is and how selfless Young is, because they know that just by virtue of being good teammates, passing the ball, moving without the ball, they make it easier for the other guys that they're out there on the court with who are kind of learning learning the system a little bit. Yep. And, and Jacob doesn't move to just move and relocate to get a shot. Exactly. Like, it's he sets, yeah. Dude, well, he sets screens as he's rolling to the next yes. spot. Like, yeah. yes. I, I don't know how many screens I see him set as he's just getting to the corner. And he's got sneaky like. bounce, too. Like, he's got some yeah. sneaky bounce where yeah. he's he going to get up and elevate. Yeah. 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 You know, and so... In some ways, he kind of rem- he plays in a similar way to like how Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry play with each other yeah. because you see how much they screen for each yeah. other. He tries yeah. to do the same thing. Like great shooters set screen for other people because yeah. it gets them open too. Such yeah. a great way to to get open too, like to to be the screener. I know they talked a lot in Atlanta about really wanting Trey Young to kind of do a little bit more of that, and it's kind of been hit or miss for them down there with that stuff. But uh, yeah, if you're not used to doing it, it's hard to learn that skill. You know, if you've been on the ball your whole life, but Grandison's right. always been kind of a complimentary player, so he's probably had to learn to do that. To yeah. your point, Josh, um, I believe the lineups with Grandison, a lot of them are our best lineups, especially the one uh, Steve mentioned with uh, with Ryan Young there. Uh, yeah. Just some Young, stability. Young, yeah. Blakes, and Grandison together has been really the good for us. Squad. Yeah. 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 yeah, I love that. I mean, 
They yeah. all re they all rebound. They all talk. I mean, it's just play really hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean they yeah, they complement they complement each other. Yeah, it, it's been it's been. I like that we all pick someone different too. Um, that's always kind of cool to see going forward. But well, I think that's kind of a function of the depth, right? It is, and the way Absolutely. the team plays, and just how yeah. everyone's just anyone can kind of be that guy on any given night. Um, yep. So as we look forward here, then let's kind of like really pan out. What does Duke need to do to secure, let's say, a top three seed in the NCAA tournament? Raul, I'll send this back to you first here again, um, since this was kind of your question here. What are you seeing as what's going to keep? I, I think right now we're probably on that three line somewhere. So what keeps us there? So, yeah, I think I said top three seed in the question because I felt like one seed is probably going to be very difficult um, simply because of those you know, the two biggest teams we played, we lost those games. Not the end of the world, but those were two opportunities for resume builders. Now we have three really good wins, but I'm just not sure that the conference is going to give us quite enough to get to the one seed, especially mm -hmm. with some of the really good teams out there. But I think the two seed is within range. And I think to do that, what we need to do is, I mean, it sounds kind of obvious, just not drop t uh, games to the really bad teams. Don't yeah. lose to Louisville. Don't lose to FSU, um, especially not at home. Um, and then if, we, if we lose to Louisville, I don't care what seed we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, at some point, Louisville is going to win a game, right? Uh, they're going to win one Saturday. <laughs> or did they win tonight? It's 10 o'clock. I'm going to check that. You guys keep going. Okay, yeah. No, I was just going to say, and then we need to, I think we need to at least split with our toughest opponents. So we need to get like one win over um, Carolina. Beating UVA would go a long way. Uh, but if we don't beat UVA, beat Miami, um, you know, if we don't beat Wake, beat uh, Virginia Tech. So we kind of need to go 50-50 in those games, I think. Yeah, um, I, I think I agree with that. I think it's less about, this sounds weird, it's less about winning to me than it, and more about like losing in terms of those games that you lose, right? There's four games where I'm looking at the schedule and it's, it, there's some of them are coming up, but Florida State, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Louisville. Don't win those four or don't lose to any of those four teams. We only play those guys. One, those are just one each right there. We've already played BC once, so one more against them. Um, and that we're going to put ourselves in a great position because those four would be bad losses, right? Like you're sure. losing to a Florida State, you're losing to a Boston College. None of those are so Louisville would be devastating to lose that one. But the other three would be kind of bad losses too. all the other ones. You can see that happening, right? Like you could sure Syracuse isn't great, but you can see going to the carrier dome and dropping a game, right? You can see Bray getting a win. Um, you know, Wake we're going to lose a game. We're not. You're, you're going to lose games. Yeah, sure. You can't, don't lose to one of those four. If you can avoid yeah. it, you know, maybe you Georgia tech away would be, that's the that's the blind, you know. That's yeah. that's it. You also got to factor in too, like some of this is out of Duke's control. Like you also got to factor in, like if you look at the teams now, I don't know if anybody has this pulled up, but like who right now in the top twenty five is projected, you know, for that, who's on that two seed or three seed line. Like right. you got to factor in, like what's the conference that's going to be like for those teams? Like who's who's playing in a super tough conference, you know, or who's playing in an easier conference where maybe they're going to like run run the gamut. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a part of this too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially when you're looking at UConn and Houston, both teams yep. that have played really well in the non-con. Houston's got uh, a big game coming up against Virginia. If they win that, it's going to be very difficult to get them off. The, they'd have to really implode a little bit yeah. in the conference because yeah. they're just so much better than yeah. everyone else. Like they and they and they and they play in the same conference as like Memphis. I think is in there. I think University yeah. of Cincinnati's in there. Like that. That conference is going to be a little bit down this year because you look at some of the teams yep. that yep. historically have been great programs in that conference. They're down this year right now. Yep. Yeah. And like I said, UConn's 11 and 0, right? They're 3 and 0 in quad one games. So the the downs, the flip side to that is if they do drop a few games and they, they're all going to be pretty bad losses, but you have to think relative to the talent they have, they're, it's going to be tough to knock those guys off. You got to think the winner of the Big Ten, if Purdue comes out, it's going to be really tough to kind of get them off that one line. Um, the SEC is going to really kind of beat each other up probably with Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas. They got some dogs down there. They you know? do, they yeah. Really, yep. They can make it interesting. Um, but, your, you know. To your point ahead. about UConn, um, looking at the net here, 
the highest other team in the Big East in the net is Marquette at 31st. Wow. And so you really have this huge gap between UConn, who right now is number one in the net, um, and Marquette. And then, of course, you have the traditional powers like Villanova. You know, it's it's to be expected with uh, Jay Wright gone, but like they're down at like 111 or something. No, and you know what? Xavier is going to be another tough team in the Big East. Like they've got a ton of – I was just watching them the other night uh, when they were playing uh, uh, University of Cincinnati. Like Mm -hmm. they they have a ton of experience. Like Xavier is going to be tough. Yeah, that that would be a good win for us if they can kind of stay stable. Well, they don't have any bad losses, so that helps, right? All of their losses are quad one losses, um, so that's always you know a plus. Um, Yeah, shoes, Steve. Anything else that you think kind of keeps Duke in that top three line? Do you let's let's kind of challenge you a little bit? Is there a path to a one seed besides just winning out? I mean. I don't you think they're going to winning out as yeah. in <laughs> winning the. I mean, what if we win the ACC, Not ACC tournament? Just like win out ACC for the regular tournament. season. Yeah. So yeah, you can I, go 20 0 in conference. Well, <laughs> I know I'm not saying that. Don't, yeah. put that on, don't you put no. that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that evil on me. Don't put that evil on me again. Who's getting upset? Fool <laughs> <laughs> me once, right? Yeah. No, I, I think for me, with. I think Duke needs to do really well in the ACC tournament. And I'm really curious to see, you know, do they finish as a top four and get that? If you finish as top four, you get a buy all the double way buy. to the you get the double buy. Yeah, buy. Yeah. That's huge for them. Cause how many times yeah. in the past, you know, five years have we seen Duke have to play earlier in the, in yeah. the week, they have to play, you know, four or five games by the time it's over. Like, that's that's huge for them if they can finish top four. Yeah. Speaking of, I don't know if he's already started it, but one of my favorite threads every year over at the on the boards is when Matt Duke does oh, his ACC. Yeah. I don't know if he started that yet. I need to double check and look, but yeah. I can't wait to get in there. And he does yeah. like every game, every matchup, all the standings. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, so shout outs to Matt for for continuing to. So to so do what that. if what if Duke wins the ACC? You know, goes sixteen and four, whatever it takes. And then wins the ACC tournament. Right. Can they get a one seed then? So that's six losses. And assuming assuming none tournament. of the losses are bad losses, and we beat the good teams. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about a one seed, but they would probably end up being a like the number one two seed. Right. right? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's when it goes back to Steve. Like you'd need some help, right? You would need to see what yeah. happens in some of these other conferences. Because you just if, gotta you gotta figure like Kansas is gonna be really good all year. Houston's gonna be really good. Gonzaga's yeah. gonna be really good. Like, you know, that's there's some tough sledding, you know, for a one seed for sure. Yeah, yeah, UConn and Purdue. I mean And they're gonna really wa- they really like to look regionally too, you know, and like the Pac twelve has kind of seen a little bit of a boon with what Utah's doing, Arizona's doing, UCLA and I think St. Mary's has even been pretty decent. Gonzaga, they're going to want to really give one of those teams a one seed yeah. out there, yeah. which makes it a little more difficult. Um, but I think if we if we overtake Virginia and we won the ACC and the ACC tournament, unless we were to lose one of those four games that I mentioned that are probably that we should not lose, I, I think it would be tough, right? We would have to yeah. be right there on the in the conversation, or like you said, if nothing else. Hopefully we would at least get that favorable two in the south or two in the east, which would be fine as well. Can you, um, can you just imagine the conversation, like media fan base? I don't care. Can you just imagine if Duke finishes the season as like a two seed, like if they do like what you were just talking about, and they you know perform great in the ACC, win the ACC championship? Can you just imagine the conversation about Shire and the team? Like at that point, like first year right out of the gate, if something like that is if that gets accomplished, like that, that kind of story going into into the big dance, like that will be incredible conversation. Yeah, I feel like right now people's expectations for him are kind of middle of the road almost. Mm -hmm. If Duke makes the tournament and they win a game or two, people will see that as a good first season for Shire. Yeah. You know, not just the fan base, but you know, the kind of talking heads out there so right. if he can uh you know far exceed that then yeah. if you think about the buzz that duke already has around its program with recruiting and all that i think that yeah. would just be a huge boon yeah and i just think we, we haven't talked about it on this on this session of the pie but you i just that's probably been my biggest takeaway from this season it's like you got to give a lot of credit to john to have the confidence as a first year head coach 
to play the volume of guys and to give them an opportunity to kind of grow. Cause he knew like from the get go, you could tell he knew they need to forge an identity built on defense and cohesiveness. And we need to play a lot of guys. So you got to give him a ton of credit because he, he recruited the talent there and now he's actually giving them a real opportunity to play and develop, develop uh, with each other. Like you, you have to give him credit for sticking to that because it would have been really easy for him just to say, all right, here's my top seven guys. And that's it. I'm not playing anybody else, no development, no nothing. And he's actually giving these guys opportunity to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just go, I was just going to give you an update. Uh, Louisville is actually winning at halftime. They were, they're up, uh, 46, 35 over Western Kentucky, who they were not favored to beat by the way. Now they blew another game. They should have won. Very late, so let's oh, the uh, hold State off. Game. Yeah, let's hold off until the very end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, did you see the end of that, Josh? Did I tell you about that? What? The guy hit a layup as the buzzer went out, and and they thought that he they thought they won. So everybody in Louisville is going crazy, and they go and review it. Still on his fingertips. App wins by one. Oh yeah, yeah, crushes yeah, yeah. the entire arena. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that was when they were only like zero and two. You know. Yeah, um, that was early in the season. Yep, that's when they had lost. That was part of those all the three in a row. The they three lost in a row. They were yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, maybe they'll beat Western Kentucky. You know, and then turn around and lose to Florida A and M. But you know, <laughs> grass ain't always greener, right? Uh, Wake Forest also beat App tonight by one at home. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's a great segue. Good job, Shu. Um, let's talk a little bit about Wake Forest and get out of here. Right? We <laughs> talked about the ACC. That's our big game coming up. Um, coming off a, a layover, all coming off finals, which is a little concerning for me just because of the amount of youth that we have. Um, our preparation, what does that go into? These guys are probably ready to get home or go to the holidays, see their family. Uh, but this is a big time game on the road, you know, and so they're gonna that place is gonna be what do they do? The like tie dye stuff when we come to yeah, town, is yeah. That oh, thing? yeah, the, yeah, yeah they, they deck that stuff out. Um, oh. you know, that place is gonna be right. Ken Palm projects right now us to win by five. I, I think it's gonna be close, man. I think this is gonna be a really close, tough game. They are battle tested. I mean, they haven't they don't have like the wins that you might would think, but I mean they played 34 Wisconsin, um, beat them. They lost to Clemson, lost to LSU, they're playing App State now, but they'll turn around and play Rutgers before we play them again. Um, so yep. they're they're gonna Are they playing at Rutgers? Jersey uh, Mike's Yeah, yeah, it's it's at Rutgers. Um, okay. and then they come back home and then they play us. So they're not going to be scared. You know, they're going to have been in these types of games and these types of environments, which, you know, I, I say all this and we could go over there and win by 20, but I, I think it's going to be a really tough game when you factor that layoff that we've had. Um, hopefully we're able to get a lot of practice in and really kind of get guys back up to speed. Going to really need Jeremy to be healthy. Um, but I think one of the storylines that we should talk about, and I'll just kind of toss this out to you all. This is our first true road game. Right, and it's also Shire's first true road game. What did he? Do you that's what I was wondering. Did he? Did he coach it, or was it Wake Forest at home last year? It was Wake it was at a, home that he coached. No, he coached. He coached, um, coached on the road as well. He coached. And both he did. also he coached, did. Yeah, can't yeah, because that, that was that was Wake too. There was oh, one year. Both there, Wake I, games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember there was one year where it was Capel who filled or Capel in. Capel did it one year. Capel too, did yeah. it, and then and then I think John did it at uh, at Wake. Yeah, okay. it was just it was weird that uh, I think you know Kay had medical issues in both those games. Yeah. But uh, it was the one on the road where Shire coached the entire game. Yeah. And we kind of rolled them in that one. It got kind of a little close towards the end, but we were up 20 at one point. Yeah. 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 I think I remember talking about that, that Kay wasn't, didn't coach against Wake at all his his final year. Right? That's the kind right. of the, um, the storyline. So yeah, yes, Shire has experience in a road game, but at the same time, he wasn't the head coach then. Sure. Yeah, true. Yeah. So anything that you're expecting to see just on his side of the ball and how he handles the prep, what what that looks like for him for and for the team, right? Because this is going to be an environment that these guys really haven't played in yet. And that place is going to be <laughs> it's going to be wild over there. Um, what are you all thinking? Hopefully no black jerseys. Yeah, not the black jerseys. <laughs> Where the, I need to go back and look up that record to see if it like, is actually meaningful that we lose in those things because I love well, them, but I feel like it, the the Zion year, you know, RJ and them, they were like, these are we wear them because it's your funeral, right? That's yeah. that's how their mentality. Killers is kill. this team 
Is yep. this the same mentality? This team, I don't, I don't know quite <sighs> to that level. Probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, I know flips. Flip can get mean, but I don't. I don't know if he's got the RJ like that kind of Kobe mentality to him just yet. He's on. To that note, Flip. In some ways, I've kind of seen it come out a little bit. He's got like a little mini latener to him. Like yeah, a little, does, a, a, a little attitude. Like yeah. you know, yeah. a little, little edge. Yeah, him and Roach both like to talk. Right? They like to. Yeah. I've seen the refs have to get to Flip and Jeremy a few times, yeah. just being like, "Whoa, you, like, go out." Yeah kind of interesting to see flip also be that guy as well so that's it's kind of cool to see that but uh Roe, i know you kind of did a little bit of a, a wake preview here what are you looking at in terms of kind of our strengths what they do well i know you've highlighted rebounding is that going to be kind of a key to the game that you're looking for here or what, what's going to separate duke here yeah i mean it's you know no secret that we're a great rebounding team especially on the offensive end and wake you know, rebounds well on the defensive end, you know, not insanely well, but 49th in the country. So is that enough to kind of limit our second chance opportunities? Um, And then the other thing they do is they protect the paint well, which is obviously like where we like to attack. So I think we're going to have to maybe switch up our shot profile just a little bit. They allow a lot of threes. So it'll be key for us to be able to, you know, hit three pointers, which we've seen can come and go with this team in a hostile arena. Yeah. And the other thing I'll be looking at, uh, you know, I hate to bring the refs into it, but uh, they often bring themselves into it at Wake. <laughs> yeah. Um, for whatever reason, the starting yeah. five, like, yeah, 80% of the time. And maybe it's just because it's a very physical game when we play Wake, but at least that's my memory is just people yeah. racking up fouls. Has John had a TV Teddy yet? Has Ooh. he had him as a referee yet this season? Uh, we've had Ayers plenty. Yeah, we've yeah. had Ayers two or three times, Twice. but I don't know if we've had Teddy. I was talking about this with a uh, with a friend of mine at work who he's an Xavier fan, and they TV Teddy was doing a game of theirs recently. <laughs> and we were just like talking about it, and uh, and I was like, I don't know what it is, man, but like every time you watch a TV Teddy game, you could see the coaches on the sideline like literally stiffening their hands. Like saying, I'm not going to say anything, even though I really want to right now. Yeah. So, how yeah. is John going to react once he has his first TV dedicated game? That'll be fun. Yeah. That get I the think... Arthur meme with the hand. The yeah. Wrist. <laughs> yeah, the wrist. Yeah. Y'all know you what I'm talking the, about. Look, you just, look at the game. Those TV. Yeah. T- yeah. <laughs> because you know he's refing every or he's officiating you every know, game that he's you in. Know. You, you see, he's he makes himself you know. a presence there. Um, it's just part of the game. It's, when a, he's it's out always. There. It's always hilarious to me to watch. It doesn't matter the head coach because he does it to every one of them. Like he'll yep. do that. He'll do the charge call with the flourish, and oh, you'll yeah. see these. <laughs> you'll see these big ticket head coaches, huge names. They're just like their hands are in their pockets and they're not saying anything, even though they want to. Yeah. Yep. Other thing I was, was going to bring up. That was a total up. tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say the other thing I was going to bring up was. You know, we've talked about how Duke has been good at limiting the other team's best player, and that's going to be key here with Appleby. He's one of the best transfers in the country. Um, he's uh, posting 52, 44, 90 shooting splits, 32% assist rate, which is great as well, um, 128 offensive rating. So, yeah, not just one of the best transfers, one of the best players in the country right now. I think he's averaging around 20 points. Um mm-hmm. So if we can hold him down, if we can do to him what we did to uh, Chris Murray, that to me is the key to winning the game. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. And another thing that we haven't talked about is pace. So mm-hmm. who's who's going to dictate pace? Wake likes to play a lot faster than we do. Yep. Um, so how is that going to kind of play out? Right? Or is it going to be a slower game? Are we going to play a little bit faster? We've shown that we can play. Yeah, we've shown that we can play faster. So are we going to kind of are they going to speed us up and bait us? Or yeah, the question is limiting turnovers. Though if we have a sure. lot of turnovers, we can't control Absolutely. the pace. Absolutely, great point. Yeah, yeah. So. Some interesting things to kind of look at, I think. Um, yeah, for, you know. Also, for what it's worth, I think we, in the Boston College preview, we said that they weren't that big and we should out-rebound them, and then we got out-rebounded. So, no, yeah. no. Go figure. Just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, no. they also missed a lot of shots, though. So that's one of those things where it can swing either way because you have way more opportunities. You have, like, long bounces off the rim and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. we didn't miss a lot of shots in that game, I remember. I think yeah. we shot pretty well. 
Yeah. yeah. And I think, and I think Duke's guards and wings, they, they rebound pretty well. They're tracking back. I mean, they, they help a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Granderson. Yeah. Proctor's had like a yeah. 10 rebound game. Before, yeah. Had, you know, so double, double, yeah. Yeah. We were so, there for that. Yeah. Really, really, um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Ken, like I said, Ken Palm predicts a five point Duke win. Shu, you agree with that? You taking Duke here? Is this a trap game? Where, where are we at? Um, yeah, I like it. Okay. Take it. Okay. You taking I'll the points? Straight or you, up. Or, or cover, oh, straight up. Okay. All right. All right. Steve, what, what are you thinking here? Is this same? You same. like the, you like the matchup? Yep. yep. All right. Roll. Well, you know, somebody's got to be the pessimist just for like good luck. But oh, you want to be you want to be the contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I say I'm only doing this for the reverse jinx, does that undo the reverse jinx? I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I did have this one kind of circled on the schedule as a possible loss, um, just because we've come off so many of these big games, um, and then we've got this long break, so there's going to be some rust and there's, uh, but there's still, there's rust, but there's also fatigue from just having just played this brutal non-conference schedule. Um, and then we're, we're trying to incorporate new guys. It's our first true road game. Um, Wake has traditionally been a tough place for us to play. So I'll go a narrow loss and, you know, I'll do a mea culpa if we win. Five days before Christmas, too. You know, there's a lot of guys that are going to be somewhat checking out. Right. Yeah, I think that's the challenge of, you know, how how do we manage that part? Um, How do we kind of keep people, you know, just got to finally push through this? We've had some big wins. um, Ohio State, Iowa. Hopefully we can finish this thing off right and, and and do it. You know, I'm I think Duke will win, but I think it could be a one possession game in the like final like seconds of the game. Like I think it could be really close. Um, I, th- I think we're really going to have to execute, and I think we're really going to need Jeremy Roach to be a big shot maker for us because he's shown that he can do that, and he's also kind of shown that sometimes he gets kind of lost in that stuff, right? He can defer a little bit too much, but when he's really active and and in that zone and hunting his shots, he's really unguardable. When that three is, is flying like that for him, he can get into the lane. He's really developed that kind of jump stop, that mid range pull up. Um, he's not really getting kind of pigeonholed at the rim. Like he, he was, especially last year. I did it even earlier this year, a little bit, but yeah, I think it's going to be close. I, I would not be surprised if it ended up being a loss, but you know, since Raul's already already took that from me, I, I will protect us to win, but I, I think it's going to be really close. So, you know, the way these things go, probably expect something like a ninety-one to fifty-eight Duke win, right? That's just <laughs> how these things seem to seem to operate. So, because they're in the same boat too, they're in the same boat too. It's I don't even know if we're capable of them just scoring like ninety-one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not. Right? Yeah, that's uh. Um, what is our was, season high right now? Is it 81? We scored 92 against Delaware. Right. That's the Yeah. Yeah. Coming most of our games Kansas have been loss. most of our games have been between 60 and 80 though. Um yeah. I will say I don't think we're going to just fail to show up and get blown out. This team to me has a, I've mentioned it before has a high floor because of how hard they play and because of our depth. Yeah. Um you know, we did have the blowout loss to Purdue, but Really, all of that happened in the last, you know, nine minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it was a close and, game, right? It was a six yep. or seven point game, and then we just didn't score for nine minutes. And so. and, that, and and that's a great example of when you come up against you know a dominant player like what Purdue has with with their big guy. Like he forces, he makes everything easier for his team, and he forces mm-hmm. you as the opponent into kind of some unnatural shots, unnatural approaches to offense. And it's you got to give him credit; he was a great player. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's going to be a big game. You know, I'm looking forward to it. And then we have another big layoff, you know, after that. So we play Wake on the 20th. And then we have like an 11 day kind of break for the holidays. Come back and we get Florida State at home on New Year's Eve. So that's one of the good games I'm saying you can't lose. Right. So that should, you know, hopefully be a be a big win for us. But um, yeah, I think it'd be a huge win though to go ahead and get this first road game, um, get a first road win against one of the topper half teams projected to be in the conference. So, you know, I think anytime you got a chance to do that, it's, it's huge. You know, you got to take biz- take care of business at home and then hopefully that you can steal some of these on the, I don't know if this necessarily be stealing one, but you know, winning a game that you could lose, I guess, put it like that. But um, anything from you all, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up and get out of here. Anything else you got? This was awesome guys. Had a blast. 
Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. guess if since this is our first time talking to Steve, since uh, congrats on the new job and, and Thank the new you. baby, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What a busy time, dude. Yeah. I know. It's been, it's been awesome. We, uh, uh, our oldest daughter just turned nine and, uh, yeah, we got a new baby. He's uh, about four months now. So no, uh, so well rested you are as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Should be a great holiday season though. No, it's a blast. It's a good time. Yeah. Thanks again, Steve, for coming on and joining us. Uh, obviously, you know, in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe, check us out on the boards at the devil's den.com. Um, hopefully here, maybe after the holidays, sometime kind of towards the spring, we'll do a little bit of a recruiting pod right now. It's, oh. We've talked about it. It's kind of hard to do one with John already having 23 locked up so early. It seems like yeah. we've already talked about a lot of these guys, but I think the 24 class is starting to feel itself out a little bit. A lot of momentum will typically tend to happen in the spring and summer period. So hopefully we'll have something else on that end. And uh, we're trying to get a few guests lined up. So, you know, that might be kind of on the radar to look out. Also, if you we didn't mention this, but um, Shu, I know you got yours. I just got my slam article by Ninth Wonder. That is top tier. Um, Just so much information. I think it's like 300 plus pages. Um, so that's been fun kind of going through and looking at, so y'all check that out. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, keep the faces strong in the verb high, go do.